Hey, what do you know? Not who do you know? What do you know? What we know shapes our world. It tells us where we can work. It determines what we talk about. It even influences who we spend our time with. Sometimes what we know or don't know separates where we are from where we most want to be. After all, knowledge is power in the truest sense. And luckily, we can always learn more. So, if knowledge is power, then education is empowerment. It's never too late to get a leg up. And it's never too late to change the shape of the world. Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am Louise Salas, and with me is the very lovely, possibly slightly, just a little intoxicated, <laughs> Mixtress DC Gina. Ah, uh, it could be true, couldn't it? <laughs> ah, you know. Or it's it not. It, oh, it, it's, it's a show on craft cocktails. It's an illusion. Exactly, exactly. We are coming to you from um, the New District Brewing Company. They have uh, so graciously hosted the podcast today, and we are happy to be here. Yes, we are. It's great. Fabulous, actually. It's a pretty cool space. Yes. Very industrial. Very, very brewing. Brewing-esque. <laughs> is that a word? <laughs> I don't know if it's a word, but honestly, when you think of a brewery, this is what you think of. And like when you go to the other places that are a little too frou-frou, maybe that's not where a brewing takes place, and it's just a showroom. Cool. There you go. There you go. That's, that, those are wise words from Gina. Yeah. Just laying it down. Yeah. Like usual. So we have a very special guest today coming right from New District Brewing. She had to come a really long distance to join the show. So please des- please welcome designated drinker Erica Gorgon. Did I get it right? Yeah. Hot dog. <laughs> I'll take it. She is the events and sales manager again here at the New District Brewing Company. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so you get to come to this lovely place every day. I do, yeah. It's Hang out with a bunch of brewers. Uh, yeah, I do, and he, he's not here today. He's off doing paperwork, but... Probably better for us all. Yeah. We won't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a great place. Very uh, relaxed and chill atmosphere. Cool, cool. So tell us your journey in, into uh, into the industry. How, how the hell did you end up here? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, kind of in a, a weird way. I came out here from Iowa for college. Um, I went to an all-women's small college in Northeast D.C., Cool. And then I started working at a historic house museum in D.C. Can I stop you? Yeah. Went to Trinity? Yeah. What year did you graduate? Uh, 2013. Hmm. Did you go there? No, my best friend Kathleen Duffy did. Oh, cool. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty okay. neat, small women's college. Cool. Um, and from there, I started working at a college at the Hayek House Museum, historic house museum in DuPont. And he was this massive brewer in dc and so from that i started getting to know people in the industry i started working at dc brow during grad school to kind of you know help offset some of the student loans (laughs) pay the bills yeah (laughs) um and then from that you know i just kept getting to know people and now i'm here so awesome so what did you go to school for how did you went how did that what was that connection so I studied art history and business in oh. undergrad. Um, and then that's how I started getting into like the museums and art stuff and this historic house museum where I was the collections manager. So I took care of all the objects, 
all That's the cool. things and including like old Buriana, old like beer cans and bottle openers and stuff. Who like knew that. that was going to be your journey? I mean, to go to school for like art history yeah. and then and and then be end up in the brewing industry. I mean, it, it's a, it's really interesting how people's journeys like you never know what the universe has for you out set up for you. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. To hear these cool stories. Cool. So you've been here for a while. Uh, yes. Yep. About a year. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And so um, with the events and what, what kind of events happen here? So I manage all of our offsite events. So any kind of like festivals or like tap takeovers, beer dinners, stuff like that. So that sounds like tons of fun. It is. Yeah. I'm sure it's stressful though, right? It can get a little crazy, like especially during the Oktoberfest season when there's something like every day or two things every day. Um, we're in a pretty slow season right now. We're just starting to kind of ramp back up. But yeah, it's cool to be around other people in the industry and you always see the different brews that are coming out. So collaboration. Yeah, exactly. You get to meet people. And then on the other side, I handle all of our accounts. So where the beer goes into the bars and restaurants and stuff. Oh, that's when you have to be an adult. Yeah. Grown up work. Yeah. All the paperwork. It's, it's all work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I am it sure. is all work and always working it. That is for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, telling people to drink your beer and you're like, and you have all these other beers to compete with. You're in such an amazing market right now because the craft beer industry is legitimately booming and every other day another brewery comes up. So I feel like, like, do you feel like it's a competitiveness or do you think it's more camaraderie in this area or like nationally? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's more um, camaraderie and kind of teamwork. Like certainly at the end of the day, it's a business, but I think across the board, most people think of it as like a collaboration and kind of like lifting each other up. And I would say probably like the biggest, um, you know, the thing that craft beer is up against the most is like big beer, um, AB InBev and, um, you know, so. Well, it's changing minds too. It's introducing a somewhat newer product. And um, of course, in your high concent, you probably have a higher concentration in like cities and metro areas. And then how do you grow that? How do you, um, how do you grow such in such a saturated market? Mm -hmm. It's always a challenge for any business. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, you mentioned to me about an organization called Pink Boots. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the Pink Boots Society is an organization for um, professional women in the beer industry. and So it's specifically for beer industry? Beer. Oh, interesting. Yeah. interesting. Beer, brewing. Um, so you have to earn at least half of your income from beer in some capacity. So you could be like a beer blogger. You could be um, like I'm in events and sales. You could be a brewmaster, an owner. Um, it doesn't really matter. You just have to get money from beer in some way. Um, what about a bar owner? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would say probably yes. Or how about a podcast host and barkeep? <laughs> probably. Yeah, you just have to, like, submit an application and, like, justify why you think you should Do be. Do you get the shirt? I bought this at the meeting. It's um, kind of fabulous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dean so. was just joining for the shirt. No, I'm not joining for the shirt. I love everything that women do. And I think the women, that is be, strength in numbers. Absolutely. Yeah. But I just happen to love the shirt. I it keep is, staring it's at really her. Cute. It's really cute. Yeah. Super cute um, shirt. So no, tell keep us. Going, keep going. Sorry. Beyond, like, really cute get-ups. <laughs> get-ups. 
Sorry, Grandma. Did you, did you want to saddle up and ride home on your get-up? I mean, really. <laughs> Can you call my carriage, please? I mean, somebody bring around my horse and buggy. Okay. Sorry. We're sorry. We're just... No. Model T. Yeah. Um. 112 proof. What? Yes. <laughs> tell, us, um, tell us more about the organization. What, what, what would somebody get from it? I mean, obviously, if camaraderie is great and support in, in base and numbers, that's great. But what else? What goes on? What, why, where's the value for you? So um, you pay dues every year, and a lot of your dues go to scholarships. So women can apply for these, basically continuing education. Oh, that's great. Um, learning different styles and techniques of brewing. So wow. there's one woman who's a brewer over at Solace in, uh, near Dulles Airport, and she won one of the scholarships to go to Germany and learn traditional German brewing methods. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So then you bring that back, you know, and, and it kind of you learn this professional development skills through this organization of great women. Um, so then hopefully play it forward. Yeah, course, exactly. Yeah. So then at the big beer events, like the great American beer festival that oh, yeah. takes place in Denver, yep. they have a meeting and the scholarship recipients, um, they kind of give a presentation about what they learned. Um, and then there's also regional groups and chapters that you can always just ping ideas off of each other so there's a regional one that I'm involved in, and it's really great if, you know, say, for example, you're like, oh, my gosh, our chiller just broke. Can we store some hops in someone's chiller nearby? Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's that's really like great. an additional like added like like you the said. Network. Yeah, that's it's a great, great network. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you got to you got to rise together. I mean, it, that's just how it's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's going to happen in this in, in, our, in this industry beer industry, being a woman, but more importantly, the beer industry, it's so small when you think about what big industry is and like what things look like, right? Mm -hmm. It is, you know, it's such a like little... It's a small community. Yeah, so you know everybody. You begin to know who people are or you've heard of them or you know, it's the same thing like bartenders, like you know who they are, right? It would be the same thing if you were marketing. You would know who you need to be, you know, it just becomes your world... As you hone in on your craft or you hone in on yeah. pink boots, you get smaller and tighter and smaller and tighter. I think it's great that there's within an organ or a community or an industry that is um, so male dominant that women do find a space where um, you build a strong network. Like you said, that, that your peers, not just your peers, but also the same uh, women yeah. being stronger together and really kind of... Um, Helping one another out, it, I think that, like you said, I think that's the only way we go from here to the next step. Yeah. What? Tell, can you, do you know what the ratio is for men to women in the beer industry? I don't know the ratio, but I know there's not a ton of women in the beer industry. Um, you know, you you guys probably are familiar that historically women were the beer brewers of, of the family. You know, the okay. ale makers. And then yep. that just pretty much died out, and the resurgence of women in the industry really only came back in you know the twentieth century and today. So, I mean, it, it kind of is like sometimes there are like token women of the industry, like Kim Jordan, who owns New Belgium Brewing Company. Of course, amazing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure that would Total be really interesting. Story. Yeah. 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 To know. So there's a book called uh, New American Beverages. Okay, and the book was. Um, Reprinted the last time, I think it was like 1931, right right after Prohibition, okay? So Prohibition ends, Mm -hmm. 33, so maybe it was 34 was reprinted and it died. And it was everything from like McCall's Housewives, uh, you know, how to reuse stuff, right? So this is how it reads. 
it goes from, you know, it starts going in. So when you have the yeast left over from bread, you know, like that kind of stuff, right? So making bread or grains, this is what you can make from it. How do you make meads with leftover honey or honeycomb? All it's of, so interesting. But all of this came out of necessity. So where was the where were the men? They were building, exploring, and hunting, right? Yeah. The women, going to war too. And the women were home making the bread, having the starter, having the yeah. starter, mm-hmm. yeah. doing the hot water, the laundry, boiling stuff, right? Water, yeast, that left it fermenting, you know, mash building. Mm-hmm. I mean, it all happened and it happened very organically. And what's amazing is, and if you guys can ever get a handle on this book, New American Beverage, you would, first of all, what you do, fascinated. If you haven't seen this book, you need to see it. If you need to go to the Library of Congress um, in Washington, D.C., cross the bridge, <laughs> go to the reading room, pull it. Now, you can't get the physical book, but you can get it on, um, they give it to you, like get a reprinted copy. Yeah. But when I tell you, like, you'll just start reading more and more recipes, you'll be like, oh, my God, that's a Pilsner. That's a Hefeweizen. That's that. But they don't call it that. Mm-hmm. Brew, fermented lemon water, do blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, like, and that's all it is. Yeah. How many days? And then um, cold snap. Um, how to, like, so They cold- didn't have branding people out there giving them names. Yeah, and, but, yeah, but also, <laughs> but also, right, the reason why beer festivals are in October, right? Now, think about yep. when the first frost comes. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was the only way to ensure that when you killed the fermentation, that it actually stopped fermentation and you weren't going to, like, make somebody sick. Oh, how interesting. So, it kind of worked the same thing with distillates and beer. Talking Did about dropping know? knowledge. You knew all that. I know about, like, the Meritson beers and, yeah. the, like, spring beers and stuff like that. Yeah, but you knew about it. I mean, you know, cool. it is what it is, but, you know. Yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to be part of Pink Boots, I've decided. <laughs> you should be. Yeah. You should. Absolutely. I, I want to know more about, I want to know more about women in, um, you know, I knew that about New Belgium. And, like, I feel like I forget sometimes because, you know, you get caught up in my, I'm in, like, a little spirited world. It's this big. Mm-hmm. And I live in this like little bubble of. Um, I think we all do. I think we're all guilty of that. As uh, much as you would hope that you're constantly filling the vacuum and picking up new things, that we do get caught up in our own lives and get caught up in um, what's in front of us and what 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 sometimes what has to happen or what you've got to make happen. Yeah. And sometimes you you forget those things. So yeah, mm. yeah, step out. I think I, I think we should. And yeah. I also think we should have a cocktail. I think you are 100 percent right. Only because I'm feeling a little. A little parched. A little parched on the palate. <laughs> <laughs> I know the perfect person um, <laughs> to fix this. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, obviously, it would be kind of silly to make you something with beer, wouldn't it? After you know everything all about it. So, what we're going to yeah. do today is make you one of my favorite things. It's called the Boulevardier. And what it is, is basically a whiskey Negroni. And we kind of stepped it up a little bit and we took... 101 proof rye and we steeped it with a mint tea and it sat for about two hours and then we mixed it with um, Campari and a little bit of red vermouth which I used um, Dolan so this is a little bit different the recipe for Bolivarier is not exactly like a Negroni it's one and a half ounces of the whiskey that was steeped and then one ounce of Campari and one ounce of the um, vermouth so now I'm going to get some ice and I want to make this up. Let's do it. I'm yeah. going to do it. I'm excited. I'm going to do it. So if you've missed any of those um, tips or tricks or any of those notes that Gina just um, threw at you, don't worry. Just head over to designateddrinker.show. That's designateddrinker.show, and we'll have all of that listed for you. Uh, Gina style. <laughs> Gina is going to get some ice. <laughs> 
This is no small task, I will be honest. So, Gina, what kind of glass are you serving this in today? All right, so it's served in a rocks glass, but um, more importantly, let's talk about the style of the turn. So when you're making this drink, the whole finesse of this cocktail is yes, you can pour all the ingredients. Seems very simple, but you want to turn it. Th- you want to turn it at least thirty rotations to actually get the water distillation um, or dilution. Excuse me, not distillation. <laughs> Sorry, we keep talking about making booze. Um, dilution so that it gets actually cold because there is a lot of liquid um, in here. There is no other mixer to break down the alcohol gotcha. and to blossom it. So you start off in a mixing glass. What? <laughs> Yes, it is poured inside of a mixing glass and ice is added and then, and then we turn it for 30 rotations, which now I'm at 25, <laughs> 26, 27, 28, 29. Woo, I feel like I'm having a history lesson right now or something. Um, all right, work next, out. next, next. We're going to take our julep strainer and we're going to pour it over uh, fresh ice. It's a lovely and color. And it is. It's a beautiful, almost like... Um, Somewhere between rosé and a Chablis or something, if you will. And we're going to take... Can I ask a question? Yes. Why can't you just use, like, a cocktail, um, a martini shaker? Is that too hard? So, when, good question, actually. When you have um, straight spirits, you do not shake it. Uh-huh. When you have um, when you have a, a mixer in there, like a, a, a citrus or a sugar or something else added, then you shake it. And the reason why is because you can bruise the alcohol. Although, you know, James Bond, oh, shaken, not stirred. <laughs> but what happens is if you've ever tasted gin that's been stirred, it becomes very, like, um, aromatic and beautiful and, bl- and bright. And when you shake gin and you bruise it, it becomes sticky and a little sweeter. So oh, it does have different properties. Well, it's more water when you shake it as yeah. well. Mm, nice. So now, cheers. Thanks. Cheers. That's lovely. It's delicious. And you would never know it's like, uh, you know, 100 and something proof drink. Oh, not at all. Again, this could be very, very dangerous. Yeah. I like them. All that spice. It's lovely. Yeah. Well, you should, I mean, well, what do you, well, let's, let's turn to the guests on this one. What do you think? Because you, I mean, you make beer. You know what the, the flavor profiles are. What do you think? I mean, this is like uh, going down the road. Yeah, it's kind of uh, grapefruity, and it has a definite bitter on the on the uh, back end of the tongue. So the Campari, so the, yeah. she's tasting there that Campari, and Campari has like, I don't know, 100, like, you know, ingredients they don't talk about, but definitely grapefruit peel is definitely in there as well. Yeah. So like grapefruit, those kind of flavors. What I love about like a Negroni, like I was talking about like beers and stuff, I love Saison's because mm-hmm. they're like, so aromatic and beautiful and like, like that's like I call it stays on a cocktail of beers you know and like for me a half of ice is kind of more like getting into like the soda of a beer uh-huh. you know because it's got a little bit more sugar it's a little sweeter no more body unfiltered maybe well we'll have to get you a little bit of our beer we're known for our saisons we have two we'll just continue the I'm a total <laughs> there we go alright well, now that we're slutting it up I'm going to have to call. Because <laughs> we're not that kind of show. Um, maybe okay. we are. I mean, if it's the right liquor or beer, maybe. 
So, Erica, thank you so much for joining the show, but I'm going to have to do it. I'm calling. Last call. All right. That's it. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, uh, Gina, I guess since this is her place, we don't have to go home, but we still have to get the hell out of here. (laughs) All right. Let's hit the road. Let's go.